Heavenly Father, you are holy. We are just in awe of your majesty. Father, we just can't help but come to you right now full of thanksgiving in our hearts when we think about who you are and what you've done, how you've given us a way to have a relationship with you, that you haven't left us to be here all alone by ourselves, but you walk with us, you talk with us, and you just comfort us and shape us and mold us into your image. And Father, we just say thank you. We're so grateful for the way that you love us so dearly, the way that you have protected us, the way that you care for us. Father, as we continue to walk through these spiritual disciplines, please just imprint them in our hearts so that we continuously be mindful about how it is that we strengthen our relationship with you. Help us to see how we can use and redeem the time that we have from day to day so that we can bring you glory. Mm -hmm. So that people would know the name of Jesus because of where you placed us and who you've placed us around. Mm -hmm. Father, uh, give me the words to say and how to say them. Hide me behind the cross so people would see more of you and less of me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My Lord, my strength and my redeemer, whom I trust. It's in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning again. Um, one announcement I, I failed to, to mention is we were scheduled to have a business meeting today, uh, but that will be postponed for various reasons. So uh, hopefully you will give us some grace there, and uh, we will get a date out to you as soon as possible when we can get that rescheduled. We bring you up to date on all the calamity that's happened here at the building. <laughs> but more importantly than that, um, what, what we're planning to do for the rest of the year and how God would use this church here. So uh, thank you for being here. Uh, maybe you're here just for the business meeting, but thank you for that too. <laughs> but So uh, we'll let you know when that date is and we'll, we'll get back on track. This morning's message is about the spiritual discipline of fasting. This is the power of fasting and is a spiritual discipline for renewal. The power of fasting, a spiritual discipline for renewal. I don't know if you noticed this, but the, the world that we live in today is very indulgent. Um, we want more and more. And I've heard, you know, I don't travel outside of the country very often, but I've heard that uh, people are amazed when they talk to Americans or they come over to America and they sit at a restaurant, they're amazed by the serving sizes that we get. They say, oh, this could be two or three meals where we come from. And you go there and Americans are talking about, we want more, 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 because we are overly indulgent. And I think that's why we have an epidemic around um, uh, uh, weight gain and things of that nature and people instead of thinking about the, the plain things or turning to shortcuts and surgeries and drugs and doing all these different things um, but if we look at our spirit and where we're coming from we would understand and recognize that not only we're, when it comes to that but we're just indulgent in every piece and part of our lives we seem to can't get enough 
and we continue to go further and further and further. And you, not only with food, but you look at maybe video games and, you know, I don't know, sometimes with, with my kids, we have to hey, get off that video game because they come out of the room and they have these glazed eyes and they, they're not human anymore after spending hours upon hours playing video games. But they're, I was at a conference recently and one of the directors of um, a bank said that they hire people to come in and help secure uh, the network and things of that nature, but they had to go and, and, and make sure these people were presentable before they came to work because they would be at home playing video games all day and then come in late to work and haven't showered or anything like that. So they had to put a shower in the office just so that these people would be functioning well in society. But they were overindulging on these. I could go on and on about the, the ways that we uh, cram things into our minds or expose ourselves to different things and where we need to limit. We don't need all the stuff that we think we need. So when we talk about fasting, brothers and sisters, fasting is seen as a challenge these days because it's, it's opposite of what the world tells us. So when we talk about fasting, some people might stiffen up, like slow down a little bit. I'm, I'm not into all that. Uh, it was funny, I got a question when I, when I, I mentioned that we were going to talk about fasting uh, in December before Christmas. And I was asked, so, hey, when are we going to talk about fasting? It's going to be after the holidays, right? You don't expect us to, to fast over Thanksgiving and Christmas, do you? I said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be nice. We'll talk about fasting. We'll practice fasting together in the new year. Right? So... We need to truly understand when it comes to fasting. We need to understand its place and its purpose. Because with this, this uh, spiritual discipline, it can be transformative when we think about it. And it brings about renewal. And most importantly, it brings about intimacy with God. So today I want us to explore what the Bible says about the, the practice of fasting and also, with all these spiritual disciplines, how we can apply it to our lives. I don't want you just to leave here and having learned something new. Oh, that was cool. You have to go practice. You have to put it in place and regularly do these things so they become a normal course of action. So, many of you may be here. Maybe you've heard the term fasting. But what is fasting? Because if you listen to the the news or articles and things of that nature. Fasting is pretty popular these days, but more so from a health perspective. You know, doing the 16-8 fasting or, or different types of things like that. So the biblical definition of fasting is to voluntarily abstain from food for a spiritual purpose. That's what fasting is, to voluntarily abstain from food for a spiritual purpose. So this is not a crash diet, okay? This is not a crash diet. While fasting does have several health benefits, the ultimate goal, like all of our other spiritual disciplines, is so that we can draw closer to God. That's the whole goal. That's the whole purpose of these practices that we're putting in place. And for fasting specifically, it is for us to totally rely on him. Yes. You don't need to eat 10 times a day. Amen. 
And so when we talk about fasting specifically, we're going to divert our attention specifically from food, but it could be other things, and, and focus our attention on God. So while you have some grumbling in your stomach, maybe you do now, have some grumbling in your stomach because you're a little bit hungry, let's focus on the Lord. Let him be our sustenance. We pray, oh, Lord, give me my daily bread, not my minute-by-minute minute bread. So when we talk about fasting, again, it does primarily apply around food. But there's so many instances in this world where we're distracted, right? So we have social media, got television. I mentioned video games. Um, it could be even talking. Or sometimes, let me be honest, you guys just got to abstain from people sometimes, don't you? Sometimes you just need to get away from that person. Every time you get around them, you leave in a foul mood or start thinking different things. Maybe you need to abstain from them for a little while. All these activities are vying for our full attention day by day. And with this being the case, um, it's important to know, even while we have a lot of other things that we indulge in, as we look at the Bible, it specifically refers to fasting in terms of abstaining from food. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But I do want you to realize there are other parts of your life where you might need to apply fasting to as well. Because I know some people fast from social media, and I think that's good and wise mm -hmm. often. And so, but today we're going to focus around food. So I think when we talk about fasting, if some of us do practice the spiritual discipline, I think sometimes we can uh, tend to cheat a little bit. Or, or maybe we, we cut some corners when we think about it. We primarily hear about fasting um, in religious terms around Easter, right? You hear about fasting, many Catholics and some Protestants, they fast during the time of Lent, and so Lent begins on Ash Wednesday and ends on Easter Sunday. And during this time, these participants give up food or uh, some types of food or uh, something else, or maybe they give up a habit during this particular time. And it's supposed to be a time for Catholics to remind themselves about the value of repentance. But over time, it's become more ceremonial and thought about as a way to gain God's blessing. And if you've been here any amount of time, if you've heard me preach any amount of sermons, you would know there's no way that you can earn God's blessing. There's no way you can earn salvation. There's no way you can earn your way into your good, the good graces of God. Uh, the salvation, all those things that God gives, he gives freely because he loves you. And there's nothing that you can try your hardest on. Even on your best day, it will be woefully inadequate for a righteous and holy God. When you look at his standard, there's no way that you can reach it. There's no way that you can touch it. So I was talking to someone last year around the time of Lent, and they said they were giving up swearing for Lent. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, maybe you shouldn't swear anyway. I mean, maybe you should be, be sharing joy and lifting people up and maybe not using that type of language. I don't know. But there was another one, I, I, another person I talked to, and they said, well, I'm giving up ice cream. And I thought, you must love ice cream, do you? I'm like, no, I don't really like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
what are you sacrificing here? <laughs> if you don't, I mean, if you really don't like it, it's not a part, I mean, I think you're missing the point. It, it doesn't actually work that way. Remember, the goal is to abstain from food or something else for a spiritual purpose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, I mean, I can, I can give up vegetables, but I don't eat too many vegetables, right? <laughs> That's not a sacrifice. That's not uh, doing things from a, uh, from a spiritual purpose so that I can rely on God for his needs for me in my life. And as it pertains to food, we see a few types of uh, fasts in the Bible. So first there's a normal fast. And this normal fast is abstaining from food uh, while you still drink water, right, and or, and or other liquids. So Matthew 4 and 2, it says um, of Jesus as he's going into the wilderness, um, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Notably, when you look at, at this, this piece, it doesn't say Jesus was thirsty. It says he was hungry. Mm -hmm. And this is solidified even more in Luke's account, in Luke 4 and 2. It says 40 days, he, tempt, he was tempted by the devil and ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. So we can see that... Um, that Jesus did have uh, some liquid to sustain himself because for us, uh, mortal human beings, uh, biologically, we can't survive more than three days without water, right. right? So we need to be conscious and be thinking about that. And it's for this reason, it's good and wise for us to either hydrate during a fast when we participate. Mm -hmm. Then there's also, that was a normal fast, and we also see a partial fast talked about where um, there's limitations on the type of food that is eaten for a specific period of time. And I'm sure you, you all have heard of the Daniel fast has become popular over the past years. And if you remember, it's, it's kind of taken from the first chapter in Daniel where he and some Jewish men, they only had vegetables and water to drink. And now again, this, this Daniel fast has been turned into a, a fad diet. That's not the goal, that's not the purpose. But if we look at the book of Daniel, we see examples of that. Another example that we see is, is from John the Baptist, Matthew 3 and 4. It says, now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. I haven't seen that be popular lately. <laughs> um, I'm not sure why we're not talking about this even more of a, a diet of locust and wild honey. It sounds delicious to me. <laughs> Historically, Christians have done partial fast over the course of time um, by eating smaller portions or um, refrain, refraining from a particular food group. And so uh, we can take that as, as for some examples. And so then we also have some absolute fasts. And this is where you take no food and no liquid, including water. This is a little more extreme, but we see this in Ezra 10 and 6. It says, Then Ezra withdrew from before the house of God and went to the chamber of Jehonan and the son of Elishahed, where he spent the night neither eating bread nor drinking water, for he was mourning over the faithlessness of the exiles. Talk about love. Talk about commitment. When he's thinking about the people there, he is mourning over their faithlessness. 
and withdrawing, abstaining from food and water. That is dedication. That is love. Mm -hmm. Esther 4 and 16 says, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not drink, do not eat or drink for three days. Remember three days? Night or day. And I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I will perish. Mm -hmm. I don't think that he was talking about perishing from not eating or drinking, but perishing from going to the king. And so again, we mentioned being able to um, make sure that there's a limit to the amount of time that we abstain from drinking any liquid. And we, we see that kind of highlighted here. And then in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul was converted on the Damascus Road. And we read in for three days, and this is in Acts 9 and 9, for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. And again, three days. So that, that is an important thing for us to understand. So among these, I save this for last, there's a, some supernatural fast that we also see in Scripture. There's only a couple recorded instances of this, and frankly, when we read about it in the Bible, they should have warnings next to them. Parental advisory is advised. Do not try this at home. May cause death. So I don't, I don't, we should make sure people don't think I'm going to try this and, and be okay, because these things are supernatural. They require God along these things. So we see this with Moses in Deuteronomy when he met with God on Mount Sinai, Deuteronomy 9 and 9. It says, when I went up on the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant that the Lord made with you, I remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Mm -hmm. I neither ate bread nor drank water. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. This is not a plan for you to, I mean, to be a super duper Christian. Right? So, again, we've already established that the body can survive more than three days without water. Uh, although we see something similar with Elijah when he went to the same site where Moses had been. In 1 Kings 19 and 8, it says he arose and ate and drank and went in strength of the, the, the food 40 days and 40 nights at Horeb, the Mount of God. So he got full. Then when it's 40 days and 40 nights, and again, don't try this at home. Don't make this part of your plan. Like I'm going to earn God's grace by doing all these things. This is supernatural. Mm -hmm. The way these men were able to sustain themselves, well, they didn't sustain themselves. It was God who was doing sustaining throughout those 40 days and 40 nights without eating nor drinking. This required God's supernatural power and his intervention. So as a whole, uh, fasting needs to be centered around God. That's the whole goal for us, not just because I am going to try this out and see how I feel. There's a lot of benefits to fasting, yes. Uh, there's mental clarity, and you, yes, you might lose weight, and, and the various things that goes on. I mean, when blood sugar fluctuations, and it helps with that. But you have to be focused on God, who he is, and what he's done for you. And it's got to, for, for the supernatural ones, not only center around God, but this needs to be initiated by God and ordained by God 
And, and I would imagine, um, you know, these folks didn't plan this. It, it just happened and God uh, sustained them through it. So when Jesus talked about fasting, he was assured to advise them to check their motives because he knows us. He knows that if we try to start doing some things that um, idolatry can slip in. He knows when we try to do things, we might put ourselves first instead of putting him first. So in Matthew 6 and 16, he says, this is Jesus. He says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting might be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. We know these people, right? Who want to walk around and, what's wrong? What's going on? Oh, I'm just, I'm just fasting. He's fasting to the Lord and doing my best, just getting along. Oh, I, 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 you just look so... Jesus said specifically that the reward, the, the attention that they're seeking, they're going to get that reward. But instead, when you fast, you should uh, you wash your face and be ready to go. People should know any difference, unless, you know, if your spouse or family or things of that nature, they, they might need to know, right, in case you have some medical emergency or if they're uh, responsible for making dinner for you or something like that, you can let them know, hey, I'm, this is, I'm going to be fasting during these days just so that you're aware, but you're not supposed to go out and be broadcasting it around trying to get some attention. And much like prayer, fast can be private or corporate. See this in, um, again, uh, we, we just read in Matthew 6 and 16, uh, going through um, that either together or in, in private. So what's, what's good to notice here as Jesus speaks that there's an expectation that Jesus has. When he says, when you fast, he doesn't say, if you fast, or when you might think about fasting, or if you consider it maybe one day. He says, when you fast, do these things and do not do those things. So even though fasting isn't a means of salvation or a way to earn God's blessing, Jesus has an expectation that in the normal course of following him, that we would do certain things, right? In a normal course, if you call yourself a Christian, there are some expectations that come along with that. One is that we will be familiar with Jesus and his teachings. I mean, that is noted in the name of being a Christian, being a Christ follower, a follower of the way, that we would know who Jesus is and that we would do what he says. Another expectation is that we would pray that we would talk to him. We talked about this a little bit last week, and I always say, what relationship do you have in your life where you don't speak to that person? How strong is that relationship? So we've got to be talking to God. We've got to be hearing from God also through his word. So we need to be reading scripture and hearing him speak to us through his word. Now, even though he can, it's not a normal course that he would speak audibly. There's a lot of people that say, well, I, I uh, sat down and I heard the Lord and he told me to do this. And 
God doesn't work that way in normal circumstances, even in Scripture. So you got to ask yourself, is that really God that you're hearing from? Amen. Especially if you're not doers of the word. Yes, yes. That you're being fooled. Does the evil one to come in and can whisper in your ear just as well. Amen. So you need to know and understand. Mm-hmm. So it, knowing Jesus and his teachings, being able to, to pray, um, fasting is an expectation. Because, again, Jesus says, when you fast. And uh, he tells us specifically, don't look like you're fasting. Don't, don't be all messed up and, and downtrodden and just trying to limp yourself along. As you're going through the fast, put some put some lotion on, wash your face, take a bath. Those things are are helpful in the, in the normal course of the day, obviously, especially when you are fasting. the The only observer of your fast should be your heavenly Father. That's the goal. That's what's important. Nobody needs to know that you're fasting unless it's necessary. You know, we can come together corporately and fast together. But again, you don't need to put a sign on your desk at work and don't talk to me, I'm fasting. <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to celebrate with you all. I know it's so-and-so's birthday, but I, I can't have any cake today as I'm fasting. <laughs> Jesus doesn't give us a command about how often or how long we should fast. But, you know, as we consider incorporating fasting into our lives, we have to realize is, you know, it's going to be up to you under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So as we talk about this, I want you to be considering and thinking about what this could and should look like for you and your life. Right? We talked about reading scripture and we're 21 days into January. Hopefully you've got that habit down that on a daily basis you are reading scripture and hearing God speak to you through his word. And you can couple that with prayer. We talked last week about praying without ceasing, right? So hopefully you've incorporated that as well. So be thinking about how you might incorporate fasting under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So you can fast for part of the day, you can fast all day, And you can fast for a few days as long as you're doing it with a purpose. Mm -hmm. And you're being mindful about hydrating and things of that nature. Some reasons that that you might fast, um, you know, you can fast to strengthen your prayer life. Mm -hmm. John Calvin is quoted as saying, whenever men are to pray to God concerning any great matter, it would be expedient to appoint fasting among, along with prayer. So Calvin is saying those two are coupled or should go together, right? So we can strengthen our prayer life as we are fasting. Another reason you can fast is to, to seek God's guidance. Maybe you have some decisions that need to be made or uh, course in your life or what you do. Maybe you need to rededicate yourself to uh, following Christ and doing what he's asked of you. So many times in the Bible, we see folks fasting for the purpose of just being able to clearly recognize and understand the will of God. Again, any decision that they're being that's being made, any anything, any next steps they need to, to take. Acts 14 and 23, it says when they appointed elders 
for them in every church with prayer and fasting they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So as I mentioned also last week, as we pray, as we fast, um, God is not a magic genie, right? He's, he's not a magic eight ball that we ask the question of and he, he reports back. It's not that we get three wishes when we go to him in prayer. So fasting doesn't ensure the certainty of receiving clear guidance from God, but when we practice the discipline rightly, when we go to him and, 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 and rely on him, it makes us that much more receptive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's our, poor, that's our goal is to, to shed away all the everyday things that are holding us back or taking our attention, focus on him for his guidance, for his direction. Some other reasons to fast can include grieving, repentance, or humbling yourself, right? This is the opposite of the indulgence that we see in the world today. Maybe in order to get out of that indulgence, we need to humble ourselves and rely on God for everything that he's doing. Um, we can fast for ministering to the needs of others, uh, overcoming temptation. This is very important, vitally important. When we are tempted or things come into our lives, there's so many vices that people have. Prayer and fasting should be key for us to be turning around or turning away from those things. And we also can fast in order to express love and to worship. So throughout scripture, we see that uh, fasting is good and it, and it should be limited to a certain amount of time. And this is not for us to try to harm or punish our bodies. There's some thought out there as well that um, fasting is, is, is so that you can uh, harm your body in some way or restrict the body. Again, uh, the whole purpose is, is not to lose weight, but is to gain a deeper fellowship with God. That's the whole purpose of this. These, all of these spiritual disciplines go so that we can strengthen our faith and grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Throughout the Bible, we see examples of people who fasted for various reasons, such as seeking direction from God or repenting of sin and humbling themselves before him. And fasting is a spiritual discipline that um, involves abstaining from food or other activities for a certain time in order to focus on prayer and spiritual growth. It's again, not a way for us to earn God's approval. And you're certainly not going to manipulate God into doing what you want. Like, well, if you do this for me, then I'll give up, you know, half of some steak this afternoon. That's not how this works either. This, the goal of this is to draw closer to God and align our hearts with his will. So how do we apply this? What do you do with this information? Again, hopefully you've been thinking about this and how it might apply to your life. Even though fasting is not a commandment, it's a spiritual discipline that brings about great spiritual growth and it brings about intimacy with God. That's what we're after. So as followers of Christ, we should approach fasting with the right motives, we should be seeking God's will and aligning our heart with his. And we can also use 
uh, fasting as a way to care for the needs of others or through active service and generosity. So fasting can also be uh, there to help us to refocus our priorities and to understand our dependence on God. So let's not use fasting as a way to manipulate God, but as a way for us to sincerely and humbly seek after him. So here's our homework. Here's what I'd like for us to do. This week, I want us to practice this spiritual discipline together. So on Thursday of this week, from sun up to sundown, I would like for you to join me in a fast where we would dedicate ourselves and to seek his face. So we'll be refraining from eating, um, eating food. Uh, please hydrate, drink water during the day. During the day. And um, normal, normal uh, times that you would eat, right, when you, you're getting a little hungry or something, just focus on God. Pray in that moment. Pray in that time. For, for times where you would have a meal, instead of eating, dedicate that time to the Lord and pray. Read scripture. Seek his face. So again, this Thursday... From sunup to sundown, I'd like you to join me in a fast. What's that? <laughs> Praise God for short days. Exactly. Exactly. This, that was by design. <laughs> so during these uh, times, you know, one of the things, a few things that I'll, I'll specifically be praying about is, you know, set aside in a time that God will continue to bless his church. The Church Universal, as well as First Baptist Bolingbrook here. He's done so much for us over the past 50 plus years. And it's clear that his hand is still on us, that he's still active amongst his people here. So I'll be praying that that will continue. Also, um, I'll be praying that the people of First Baptist Bolingbrook um, would continue to strengthen their faith, that you all would take these spiritual disciplines seriously and be applying them to your life as you follow Jesus. And then also I'll be praying that we continue to be good stewards. We be good stewards of his building and everything that he's given to us and that we would use it for his glory. Now, if you have health reasons, you have medications or things that require you to eat, um, obviously I want you to abide by those things, but still consider how you might participate with us. So that might be a modification of your regular diet. So maybe you do a Daniel type fast and only eat vegetables while you take your medication. Uh, maybe you limit your portion sizes as you rely on the Lord but I want you to be wise as you practice the spiritual discipline, okay? Brothers and sisters, fasting, again, is a power, powerful spiritual discipline that can bring to us a powerful transformation and intimacy with God. And, and I'll tell you, in the past when, when I have fasted, it's hard, first of all, and it is transformative. 
you know, experiencing some mental clarity and, and I, reading through the scripture, being able to see things I hadn't seen before. And you talk about God speaking to you and being able to see uh, what he has me to learn in a particular scripture that I was reading at the time has just been amazing. And so I want you to experience that intimacy, that closeness as well. So as we abstain from food and certain activities, let us use this time to draw closer to him. Let's use this time to seek his will and care for the needs of others. I, I hope that our fasting be done with sincerity and humility and that we honor God um, and not seek approval from others, that we seek approval from the only one that matters, and that's our Father in heaven. So let's remember that true renewal and transformation comes from God alone. And fasting is a way for us to humbly seek after him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the discipline of fasting and its power to bring transformation and intimacy with you. Father, help us to approach fasting and with sincerity and humility that we seek your will and the caring uh, for others and, and their needs. Father, help our hearts to be aligned with yours as we draw closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.